the prayer of Saint Ephraim, Lord and Master of life, my life, cast away from me a spirit of laziness, idle curiosity, love of power, and vain talk, but grant me your servant the spirit of, humili- of moderation, humility, patience, and love. Yes, Lord and King, grant me to see my own faults and not to judge my brothers and sisters. For you are holy now and forever and to the ages of ages. Amen. This is the premier prayer of Lent, and we will repeat it throughout the Lenten period. So it is worth a closer examination to see just what it is that we are asking for. So it starts out with Lord and Master of my life. It's naming God as our Lord and Master, which says a lot. It says that we are His. We belong to Him. We follow Him. We are not free agents. We have a Master. We have a Lord whom we obey. And as Master, as Father Thomas Hopko says, He is Master of everything not just us not just his church but all of creation including the demons they are not beyond his power or authority as we noted when he cast them out into the pigs so we ask him to take from us or in some translations, do not give us, and we say the same thing in the Lord's Prayer, lead me not into temptation, not that God tempts us, but that by our own actions, thoughts, words, and deeds, we expose ourselves or have a propensity toward evil, and we ask that we not receive the consequences or to be protected from the consequences of our nature. So we ask that these vices, and we'll go through them, laziness, also translated sloth, idle curiosity, also translated faint-heartedness, despondency, depression, Love of power, also translated, ambition, or vain or idle talk, be removed from us. These are all bad habits, and they don't end well or lead to good things. Now what exactly is laziness or sloth? C.S. Lewis describes this that we do not what we ought to do and therefore we don't even do the things that we like to do. It says because, he says because we do not obey God we would even sit in front of a TV after it has gone off the air and stand staring at a pattern then get up and do what he calls us to do. And that means that obedience is very important to us because without it, it leads to spiritual lethargy. (coughs) Idle curiosity, faint-heartedness, despondency, depression, 
This is a very dangerous spiritual condition to find yourself in because it's very close to despair or depression, what we call akithia in Greek. It's all our spiritual energy sucked out of us and we have no appetite for anything. We just don't care. There's a big focus today on people suffering from depression and how to treat it. It's a very, very ugly disease and a lot of people suffer from it. And they try and treat it with drugs, but they also try and treat it with therapy. I heard one woman on the radio talking about her condition that she had suffered with for many years. She understood it, she knew it was there, she had inherited from her mother, and she gave advice or direction and things that she does to escape uh, despair and depression is just to change something. Even though you don't feel like it, get up and change something. Go outside, listen to a song, read something, do something different. It's such a heavy burden that you can't just sit around and wait for it to go away. The third is love of power or ambition. It means that we are looking for control. We're looking for security. We leave God dependency and set up idols that will give us only that which God himself can give. Purpose, place, security, identity. It tries to find those things in other things. And it also distorts and changes our relationships to one another. And we start using people for our own needs rather than serving them as Christ. Vain talk is next. Useless words. I went to Mount Athos one time and I wanted to get to know the monks and we were working side by side and I was a real chatty Cathy and and they didn't give me a bone, nothing. And But when they did say something, it was rich, it was meaningful. And so if you want to understand what is idle talk when you're in a public place or in your office and people are talking in the next cubicle, listen in. Sometimes you will hear exactly what idle talk is. Talking about other people, gossiping, saying useless things, filling the air with sound. We don't want to waste our breath. So we ask that God remove these vices from us, and then we pray for virtues. God does tell us that if we ask for anything unto our salvation, He will give it to us richly. So these are the things we need to be more like God. We need moderation. It's also translated chastity. We need humility. We need patience or long-suffering. And we need love. Now each of these has a definition, but it's important we understand what exactly is being asked for. When we say chastity, it just doesn't mean sexual purity, but it means moderation, it means wholeness, it means 
helped me to work and function the way I was meant to work and function as a human being. The Greeks have a saying, pan metro ariston, measure in all things. That means that we want to have balance, that we want to be kept from extremes. Father Anthony Cognier says, Satan loves to push us to extremes so that we are far apart from one another. People act as if the other side was believing a lie and had nothing of truth on their side. And they think that of each other, and that is just not the case. It's that when we take a partial truth and make it an absolute truth, that we miss the mark and we get separated from one another. And so as Orthodox Christians, we are not fundamentalists. We seek wisdom and prudence so that we will be able to make tough choices in tough situations asking for God's wisdom. Humility. Humility is the key to all virtues and denotes a certain transparency or authenticity. Not thinking more of yourself than you ought to think. The priest Alexander Men writes that humble-mindedness means wisdom of the healthy person. Humility here in the given context means knowing where you stand against the backdrop of eternity. Do not inflate yourself. Do not think high, more highly of yourself than you ought, but you also must not abase yourself beyond uh, the healthiness of the soul. Here is an example for you. When someone begins to imagine himself as something that he is not, he is only a few steps from megalomania. Megalomania is a pathological state of pride. One person announces that he is the chairman of the Council of Ministers, or Napoleon, and he is placed in a psychiatric hospital. Another makes no such pronouncement, for which reason he is not in the hospital, but in his soul he thinks he is superior to everyone. So we want to ask God to show us humility, to show us who we are before him. Uh, C.S. Lewis talks about this in terms of an architect who is the greatest architect in the world and yet can appreciate the work of other architects. Patience. Patience, not like a cow who tolerates and endures everything. That is not what we are talking about. It is not humiliation, not at all. It is not a compromise with evil under no circumstances. Patience is the ability to maintain equanimity of spirit in circumstances that impede such equanimity. Patience is the ability to achieve one's goals when encountering various obstacles along the way. Patience is the ability to maintain a joyful spirit even when there is an excess of grief. Patience is a victory and overcoming. Patience is a form of courage. So these are 
the virtues that we ask for. And finally, we ask for love. The utmost happiness of man is love, as Father Alexander writes. It is the ability of our souls to be open, imminent, inwardly open to other persons. When you are riding the escalator in the subway, test yourself to see if you are able to love or not. When you look at the people riding on the other side and you find it repulsive to look at their faces, it means that all the pores of your soul are clogged and that your, your feeling of love is in an embryonic state. And then we end with, help me to see my own faults and not to judge my brothers or sisters. For you are holy now and forever into the ages of ages. Amen. This is called perspective. We know how easy it is to see everyone else's mistakes and how if they weren't so bossy or lazy or messy or controlling, what a great person they would be. But our faults, well, that's just the way I am. Take it or leave it. Here we need to do a 180 flip. The saints truly saw themselves as goats and everyone else as sheep. Were they acting? Was this a show? No, it was the light of Christ was so bright in them that they could see every speck of dust, every imperfection. So we too need to know ourselves. The Greeks say. So we can be more circumspect about our own faults and it will remove the heavy burden of judging others because only God can do that rightly. And that is a serious business. So say this prayer daily with expectation at home, in the morning, at night, before you go to bed and see what perspective and real power of self-control, joy, contentment, and love will come upon you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.